and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. And we've been finding, buying and growing income from property for over 20 years and we talk every week about the reality of running our property businesses. As always, if you're getting any value from the show, please do leave us at the very least a rating. And if you're feeling really kind, please do leave us a review. And this week, we are very pleased to be also introducing a third guest, who is Luke Blakemore to the show, who's a property investor, quantity surveyor, and has worked his way up to developments. Luke, that's a very brief introduction to yourself. But do you want to just uh, introduce yourself in a couple of sentences to the business of property audience? Yeah, hello. Um, so basically, I've been building property for about uh, three and a half, three and a half years now. Um, started with some training, and then built a portfolio up in Liverpool, uh, which we'll go into in a bit later. But with myself and my partner, and we've now grown into quite a nice portfolio, and we're looking at the, well, we're currently doing some developments in the southeast. Fantastic, and that's. Uh... That's a, that's a really good quick introduction, and it makes it even more interesting than what we're going to talk about. And the reason we've invited Luke onto the show is because he's a property investor, and he's just said he only started three and a half years ago, has a portfolio, and is already moving on to much bigger developments um, in property investing space. And And we thought that would be really interesting to bring it to you uh, our listeners to to see how that's actually happened because we like to focus on how people are growing and scaling property businesses and that's why Luke we, th- we thought it'd be really good to bring you so if you could really just give us a little overview of how you were able to create that portfolio in Liverpool and fund that as your base for starting your property business that'd be really good. Yeah so um, we did the training and then how it worked is because we we were first-time buyers, first-time landlords. Um, live, we was rented at the time, so we needed a quite a lower cost entry. Um, so we kind of used that as our initial start when we were doing the the, the area research. Um, obviously, well, our first property we bought in Liverpool was a three bed buy to let um, for eighty-six thousand um, pound. So, and we always knew we were going to use investors' money. Um, so that was kind of what we decided to do because. Well, effectively, I had to borrow 25000 for the first one compared to if I did it where I live, that wouldn't even cover the deposit. Um, so that was kind of the basis of our decision to go up there. Um, it's a four-hour drive away, so it definitely took its toll to begin with. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of how we how we structured it to begin with, to go up there, try and, you know, start small and then scale um, using sort of, you know, other people's money, recycling it. And keep moving on and moving on. So that's that's how that's how we did get going to begin with. Just on a practical level, how did you find that that distance? Sorry, the the, the, so the actual oh, property. No, as in the 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 fact that it was so far away that you were investing. Um, um it, it it was tough, especially to begin with, because you know four and a half hours there, four and a half hours back, and that's without traffic. Um, you could do ten viewings in a day and walk away with nothing. So it's soul destroying um but you know you make it work and then the, it, what, what it made us do it made us build a team and a good team that we trusted um because we needed to rely on our team to be able to you know manage the properties at a distance so i think that was kind of the best part about it really um is trying to find people that we trust don't get me wrong i can tell you some horror stories um but it took a while to get there and we did get there um, and it and it worked really well in the end. But to begin with, it, it was tough. It, it really, really was tough. Um, but you know, it, it worked well in the end. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, as, as people know on this podcast, my, my portfolio is also four hours away, but in the southwest, different direction. The first question I've got is around, you, you said we, we always knew we were going to have to use other people's money, which is, which is really interesting. How, how has that played out in your portfolio in terms of, okay, so you, know, you can tell us uh, you know, in terms of are they joint venture partnerships and also within the portfolio, have you had to retain those investor funds and are they joint ventures? Are they interest-only deals? You know, how, how did you set that up? So to begin with, the first one we did was just pure investors' money on a fixed fixed term interest. Um, about twelve, we always try and skew it on twelve months. Um, but there has been cases where it's shorter. If you know we need you know a bit of money for a few months, and you know we could do, we know we're remortgaging, but we structured it to begin with that it was going to be just using investors' money. We didn't really want to do any JVs at the time. We wanted to just do it right, do it ourselves. Um, and we kind of made sure we had some facilities on because basically we we as a subject to begin with it was first time buyers first time landlords we spent quite a lot of money to do the actual training that we did um so we was already in a position where we had no money basically we were only 21 at the time um and but we made sure we had a bit of facility on credit cards if we needed to to, to, to if you know worst comes to worst we could pay some people back with that so we kind of had that in our back burner but <clears throat> so to start with we, we did that um, as I said, we, I think it was £22,500 to get the first one over the line. Um, and then we did use some credit cards towards the build, uh, the, the refurb cost, because we tried to do a bit of it ourselves. And lo and behold, we bought our first one in February 2020. So a month later, COVID, um, lockdown. So that, that was a struggle. Um, but yeah. since then, we, we have done JVs. So, um, where... so Luke, just to, before you go on to that, so you, you just to be clear, so you, so you needed twenty two and a half thousand pounds from an investor, is that what we're saying for the first one? For the deposit, yeah. Right. So, and you've said twenty twelve month fixed term, and I, and I think this is really interesting because not a lot of people go get into this. So, essentially, were when you were doing your maths, your deal analyzers, as we say in the property world, you essentially had to find a property that you were going to return twenty two and a half thousand pounds on in a twelve month period is is that essentially right yeah so the the, the way we we've always structured it and looked at it is we always look at the return on cash invested once you refinance so if I can go and find a, a, a buy to let or any any deal really um, more of a retained deal uh, rather than a flip or a sell so if I always work on a basis of minimum twenty percent and I, I know that's quite hard, especially as the market trying to changed and you know prices went up. But that was always the basis: is trying to work on twenty percent. Because if I'm paying someone eight to ten percent, I can I know that I'm still getting ten percent returns. And if anything, that's infinite return because it's not my money. I know they put time into it, so that's a different calculation. But um, effectively, yes. So you want to look for it's twofold really. You want to make sure that the the money at the end of the deal from the cash flow can still um, pay the interest to the investor if there's money retained within the deal after the 12 months, um, as well as trying to put as much equity out on refinance to pay them back. Um, so that's how we, we, we've always structured it like that. Yeah, and yeah, I, I do likewise. So very, very similar. Uh, it just happens that I, I took some money from an investor several years ago and we're still working that one through at the moment. But actually, you know, it, you, you've talked about it being quite obviously negative buying in February uh, 2020. And hindsight is a beautiful thing, but we know actually that was probably a good time to buy in terms of overall capital appreciation. Yeah, yeah, it was. We actually did really well at that deal. We, 
I think all in all, we spent, I think, I think it's about, cost all in was about 108, 109,000. Uh, we sold it for 120. We ended up selling it. We, we kept it for a year, rented it out. Um, and then we decided to sell it and, you know, pay the investors back and move on to, to, to the next one. So and it was quite nice. It was kind of, it was a nice thing because we saw that it worked as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it gave us that kind of confidence, you know, because it took a year. What I- Sorry. It, we, we, we offered on it in July 2019, completed in February 2020, had to go through so many loopholes because we were first-time buyers, first-time landlords. Um, and then because of lockdown, it took us until August to get the refurb done. And it was only a cosmetic refurb. It was, it was nothing crazy. Um, mm. so all in all, it was a year in the deal. So it, we knew that it does take long, but at the same time, it gave us the confidence. And we went up there, we slept on the floor, you know, we, we got stuck in and it, it was a really nice experience. So, um, yeah, it's good. It was a good one. Uh, excellent. And what the byproducts as well of doing what you've done and for it working out. And of course, it doesn't always work out. But what you've also done is you develop that trust in your investor stroke investors for that first year that, OK, these guys, they can do it because I've worked with a few investors now. And to, to say money is not the most important thing isn't quite right, but they're looking for people they can trust exactly and that's worked its way through for me just to share that because again we've hit quite a few bumps in the road as we've talked about often in this podcast because i bought a flip uh four years ago supposed to be a six-month project borrowed money for that period i still haven't paid that investor back and it was four years ago uh, four and a half years ago but because we developed trust with that investor we've been able to talk it through so just talk to us about okay after that one then, then what did you do um, so after that one, we, I think, I think as we were coming to the end of that one, going through the remortgage, we decided to, well, let's look for another one. And funny enough, a two bed came up down the same, well, end of the road, turn left. Um, and it was, we got it for such a good price. It was, well, we, bear in mind, we bought the three bed for 86,000. We just had it re, we just, we had, we was going through the remortgage and I think it revalued it at 115, 120. Um, obviously we decided to sell it in the end, but we bought, we found another one down the road for two beds, 65,000 and the market has gone up already since then. And we thought, Joe, this is going to make, this is, this is even better, this one. Um, and that's where the horror story comes in. We used the builder that a letting agent recommended. Um, if anyone wants to talk about it privately, I will, cause I'm not going to name anyone, but it was, it was, it was horrible. I had to get the police round to get him out of my house. Um, it, it was a, it was a horror story. So that one didn't go to plan. We spent a lot, well over what we should have done to, to, to get it to, to, to get it to where it was. Um, so we didn't lose money. It goes without saying, doesn't it? If, if you have to get the police involved, it generally didn't go well. <laughs> it did not go well. <laughs> Honestly, it was so bad. Um, but, you know, you learn from it. And you know what? I, I, I'll take every failure and, you know, you just learn from it and you grow from it. And it, 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 was, a, it was an experience, that's for sure. Um, some sleepless nights, but it was an experience. Um, I've got to say, I, I do love that, Luke, because... Uh, not everybody feels like that. And of course, we want to avoid these things. But I just love how you framed that because it, it, things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. You know, when, when we're trying to build things and grow things, th- things are going to go wrong. So we shouldn't be fearful of that. So I just wanted to underline that because I think that's a really good way of reframing it. Yeah. And it was it was still a time when, you know, like lockdowns were still going on and it was a bit you didn't know what was happening with the country. And, you know, getting up there was difficult around certain, like work and things like that. So you, you kind of put a bit of too much trust in him. So I think that was another you know mistake um and yeah but you know 
as I say, you learn from it. So, yeah, since then, so we, we did that one, got over the line. But and then, so going back to what you said, you've still got investors from day one. I mean, we, we've got investors who just kept rolling over, rolling over, rolling over, and I've still got them today. And you'd be surprised how much they increase their money once you get the trust. I think one started off with 2000 I've got £25,000 of his now, plus he's a JV on a project. So it just, it just grows. Um, um, but yeah, and then so th- that's when we started to go into more of a JV partnerships. That's that second year. Um, you know, we had a, a good friend of mine who I knew through work. He invested in the first one, just a couple of grand to dip his toes in and see what it was all about. Obviously paid it back on time. He loved it and he thought, I kind of want a piece of this. Um, and we sat down and he wanted to be completely hands off. I said, that works for me because I, I want to try and create this business and, you know, manage the business because that's what I want to do. Um, so he said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put the money in. So then he, you know, cash flowed the business for quite a while and we've built up a size portfolio. I think that year, so what year we're in now, 2021, I think we bought four or five properties um, in that year. Uh, and then a, a couple of other JVs came on board as well. So we, we, but then we decided to start really only doing one-off JVs. So we just do like flips or capital projects. Um, and I've just grown the business with that first JV who I mentioned, and we're now in a serious partnership. So with that many purchases a year, I mean, that, that's, that's a lot. And I've, it was good. It was a good ride. It's really good. Yeah. How much time were you were you spending up there and, and on site and things to be able to just find that many properties? Never mind then actually manage them through the process. So, if, if, if I'm being honest, the first two we found ourselves just using the traditional methods, right moves, Oopla, um, and then I became a bit of a pest to. So basically, the um, we had going back to the first property, the we were I'm in an hour in whether to rent it out or sell it so we had the letting agent come around and then she put us in touch with a, an estate agent and it was the owner of the estate agents who actually come around that's quite rare really so he come around and he gave me his business card I think it's the biggest mistake he probably could have done um and then I just was a pest and I was just hounded him for, for deals and and you know and then eventually I got put in touch with his kind of off-market um head of operations that, that, that side of things who deals with the investors so then we started having the deals, you know, come through them. Um, and it was just a bit easier because we were working obviously with remotely and working five days a week. So the actually finding the deals, we didn't put as much time in after that because they were coming and then we kind of just chose what ones we wanted to go with, which worked really well for us. Um, and then, yeah, we were going up there sort of at least once a month, every couple of weeks to, to, to start with. Um, and then as I said, I think before we started this, this this recording, I sort of built the team up there. So we had the builder and it, we, we kind of had the letting agent. At one point it was, I mean, there were a couple of houses I didn't even see before we offered them, you know, because we built the trust. Um, and they, they turned out to be quite good projects actually. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how, how we did it in, in such a quick amount of time. Yeah. I, I, to summarise some of that, is that there are no shortcuts. I know a lot of people are looking for shortcuts, but what I've just heard is that you, you put the legwork in, you've built your investor base in, and you started, in my words, cranking the handle of doing the work of, of investing in these properties. Other people in their areas, estate agents, etc., have seen you actually 
buying and doing the work and therefore trust that you are someone that is investing in the area. So we'll start bringing things to you because they think, A, you're credible and B, this, this, this team will actually buy the property. They're not going to waste my time. And the other thing I just wanted to underscore, which you mentioned a little bit before, was around uh, the investors you work with. When the investor said, I want to be hands off. I mean, for me, that is... Yes, please. You know, because I, I um, did a bit of, you know, it's a bit, bit like dating sometimes. You know, you, you have a few different dates and sometimes we think we just need the cash. So I, I just need some money. And I was doing it once and I, I met a couple of guys. And there was one guy I met quite a few times. Really nice guy. Really get on with him. But we sat down for a coffee. And when I told him about the next project, he started saying to me, so what, what kind of tiles are you going to use? Like what co- like, and he was asking me what colour. I mean, it was almost like, and what grout? And I, there was something in my head that said, I don't think this guy is going to be the right investor because I don't have time. Like you, you know, like you, when you're going four hours away, and you, you, your building team said, "Right, we need to get this. Uh, we need to get this kitchen tiled, and we need to do this." I haven't got time to phone the investor and say, "Do you prefer the turquoise or the red?" You know, uh, you're not going to have that time. So I think it's a really good lesson for people that want to scale, which is make sure you know don't you don't have to take the first dollar. It's about building those right relationships because some people do want to be involved because. That's how they operate, especially, you know, they've earned their money. You know, they, they want to look after it. But other people just say, look, I just want my 7% or I want my 10%, whatever that number is. So I think it's a, it's a really good learning. So, so essentially, Luke, you've cranked the handle. You started um, getting this buy-to-let portfolio going and done, you know, you know you've done great guns. Then you, you started moving to develop. So just talk to us about the, how that's happened for you. Um, yeah, so we, we, we kept building the, the portfolio up there. We, we, we kept going into 2022 and, and building it up. And then we've kind of gone into, I mean, we started off with, you know, your buff and fluff, buy to let, um, moved on to taking on some more serious, horrible, horrific <laughs> nightmare projects. You know, you walk in and the smell is so bad, you don't even want to enter. Um, so I think there's, a, there's an importance to that because it made me, not so scared of the risk behind buying something. And, you know, that's really bad. Like people wouldn't, wouldn't go near it. Uh, not a lot of people would go near it. Um, but I've always been able to, I'm, I'm not really risk averse. And that's probably kind of a good thing. Casey, my partner, she, we, we kind of work off of each other. And she, like she reels me in a bit and, you know, we work quite well. Um, it sounds very familiar. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we did that. We moved into service accommodation as well. We've got quite a few units of service accommodation units in Liverpool as well. Um, kept growing and growing and growing. And then we, the, 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 the actual change, so I think it's because we're people that I've now been associated with around my area. So my friend's dad is a developer in the area. Um, and I've had conversations with him before. Me and his son did a, a flip project up in Liverpool, which didn't go to plan because of the market drop in recently and you know we couldn't sell it for how we wanted to sell it so we kept it and it's now service accommodation and it's being rented out on monthly it's doing really well and you know I think his dad kind of saw that and then we've had some conversations um and then we had a conversation before and it was I was trying to see if I could get into doing deals around here with him and I think at the time I wasn't quite ready um there what i wasn't didn't raise enough money and you know it was kind of it was a bit difficult um but since then obviously i've i've had to raise quite a significant amount of funds and built up quite a lot of trust in in the circles that i'm in with property um which funny enough i was out having a having a beer with my mate's for my mate's birthday and my mates 
my mates come up to me and said, ah, oh, one of my friends, he's got this deal, but he needs a million pound raised. And I thought, he's first, the first person I thought of was you. And I thought, okay, geez, um, let's, let, let, let's see what comes of it. And I didn't think anything was going to come of it, if I'm honest with you. Um, next week, you get a phone call, come on, I want you to meet him. So we met up and we just got on really well. Um, and he, he's a builder, he owns a carpentry company, this guy, and he's a builder as well. And he, he started to do um, projects and developments sort of around this area. He's just getting started. He's, he's done about 12, 12 months, 18 months worth of investing. Um, and he had this barn development. So we spoke about it and he said, look, I can probably raise some funds, but I'm going to need help raising some funds. And that's kind of where they wanted me to, to, to fill the gap. Um, and I said, let's, let's, let's go and have a look at it. And then my mate's dad ended up coming as well because we asked him to come because he's done quite a lot of big developments and schemes around the area. Um, and he came and he fell in love with it. It's a, it's a lovely project. Um, I will share it eventually when, when, we're, when we're on site, but um, it's just beautiful. It's a great project. Um, and he fell in love with it. And then before you know it, we're, we're, we're sitting down around the table and, you know, trying to plan how we can do this together. And then in a week, we raised the £850,000 we needed um, and got it going, really. So I think it was more of a case of, I've always wanted to get into developments. Um, I had to do I had to do the portfolio in Liverpool to build up my own credibility, my own knowledge, my own level of risk advertisement, you know, things like that. And then that's kind of enabled me to then look at the bigger picture and get into what I really wanted to get into because mm. that has always been my dream. Ever since I was young, I've said I wanted to be a property developer, um, and now I'm hopefully living it, which is which is lovely. So, so just for clarity, then this this development, then wh- what actually is it? I mean, is it multiple dwellings? Is it uh, you know a, a conversion of one property? Just uh, tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, so it's basically um, it's a we, we're, effectively all we've actually bought is a two bed bungalow, but it's on like a bit of farmland. Basically, um, you come off the beaten road. And it's, it's just off of the main road. And then, you know, you pull in and it's all gated and you've got, you've got the bungalow there. But it's basically got, so the guy who owns it, he's a builder. And I think he's played around with it for quite a while. And he's, you know, he's tried to, he's got planning permission and he's tried to do a few things with it. And, you know, so he's basically, he's built, um, on, 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 he's got the two bed bungalow that he, that he obviously lives in. And he's built the sort of the structure and the roof of like a long barn it's got it hasn't got any foundations in there or anything like that but it's got it's got the block work walls and it's, it's the roof is kind of done um and then behind it you've got one of those old dutch barns it's massive um and basically he's got planning permission to cut half of the barn down put three four bedroom houses like, like nice luxury barn houses there and then also the the long barn attached to his bungalow there's going to be another three four bed three, four bedroom houses. So in all in all, it's six, four bedroom houses and extend the bungalow into a three bed. Um, so that's kind of the plan. And it's, it's, it's yeah, we're, we're trying to make them luxury. It's right next to a golf course. It's, you know, it's, it's like quite picturesque. So it's got, it's got to be quite high end. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really nice. Lovely. And, and, and what do you see as your role within that? So you've kind of talked about how the fact that it's kind of like coalesced, you know, your experience meeting other people, they've got confidence in you you know i call it you know role definitions is like because because that, that can be a tough one for people growing businesses as well as actually having clearly defined roles because i've done it before where some people have very similar roles and then at people longer further down the line start to question why other people are doing that so how, how's that worked out for you guys 
Um, if, I'm, if I'm honest, it's actually the perfect. It couldn't have got. It couldn't have actually three three entities couldn't have joined up more perfectly. If I'm being honest, it's um, you've got my experience with already doing property for a few years and building up a network of investors, um, and then also the, the QS inside. Albeit, I'm I'm an M and E QS. I can't sit here and say I'm a build like Rick's QS. I'm an M and E for commercial buildings, but I've still got your knowledge of, you know, being able to sort of manage it for my cash flow purposes. Um, and then you've got my mate's dad, who's got credibility in the area. He's got good relationships with lenders. Um, and he's kind of doing the front end work on getting the deal over the line. That's kind of his role. Um, I am going to be raising the money, managing the funds and being sort of the QS on the job a couple of days a week. Um, and just, just helping out that way. And then we've got the other partners who are builders. So effectively, everyone's invested. So we're not using an outside build team. We're using in-house build team. So they're invested in the project as well. So it's in their best interest. It goes well. Um, and then everything, it's kind of just worked really well. It's, you know, it, it, couldn't have, it couldn't have gone better, really. And we're trying to do big enough deals that it pays for everyone as well, because it's all good that this this comes around. But if you're only building a one-bed house, like a three-bed house, and you're earning 150 Oh, okay, fifty grand each is, is not bad. Like it's not a small amount of money, but I mean, you know, it, it makes sense to do the bigger deals and and leverage everyone's knowledge and experience to be able to take on these types of projects. Is this sounds like a, a a big project with six houses and extension to bungalow and things? What sort of timelines are you looking at on this project, and and how how do you sort of see that that process unfolding? As, as you work through the project? So, I mean, the beauty of it and what adds to how great this project is, is that we've, it's already been, there's already a structure reports done. So where the, the Dutch barn is, it's got already concrete foundations in. Um, so we can actually build, it's been approved that we can build straight off of those foundations. So we don't have to actually dig down. Um, so that's going to save a lot of time and a lot of risk as well. Um, and then also the, the long barn is structurally sound as well. So albeit, yeah, we have to pour some, pour the foundations in, but the actual frame structure is already there. So it's only really the internals that we need to make sure it's like, a, a, a done properly and have support the concrete. In. Um, so that's going to shave a lot of time off and a lot of risk. Um, but we've got, we've, we, we, we've all sat down and we reckon 14, 14 months or so to be able to do the whole build. That's, that's the plan. Um, and there's no reason why we, we can't achieve that really. Well, it shouldn't be touch wood. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's really good, and uh, you don't have to give us specifics. But what what sort of GDV values are you looking at? Um, so we we had the GDV down at six million three hundred seventy five, um, and for the first time, probably in my whole investing career, the valuation came in spot on. Um, so the valuation came in. That's about valued it around the same value, um, as well as our purchase price on, on the land of Bungalow as well. So it's kind of given, we, 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 we felt comfortable, you know, we were, uh, what's the word, confident. But it's nice to know that, you know, an outside source has also reassured that as well. Yeah. And, and I think uh, my, my experience of this as well is that the GDV, the confidence around GDV and delivering is sort of equally proportional to the people that you're working with. And I, I can sort of do the other side of this because I've looked at other projects. So, um, so, so my projects are typically still in the HMO environment. You know, we've, we've built up, uh, you know, close to a hundred rooms and, and that sort of stuff. 
But when I've looked at bigger developments, and again, I'll be completely, and this isn't to be detrimental to anyone I work with currently, but when I've looked at, say, multi-seven figures, I thought, I'm not sure I've got the team for that. Mm. And that's the only thing that stopped me, because I think what's really good about your story, Luke, is that you've shown, in inverted commas, a natural progression from building up that confidence to have to be able to talk and just say, yeah, this is a multi-million pounds development and this is how it's going to work, because a lot of people get afraid by that. But essentially, it's the same thing on a different scale. Okay, we've just talked about the fact that, you know, groundworks, you know, and we've looked, you know, we've looked at stuff like that. So, okay, if you've got to do piling and stuff like that, all of a sudden, this is out of it's not a buff and a fluff, as you, as we say. <laughs> it's a bit different. But you've got the people, the experts, to talk about, and I think that is a great, um, you know, great bit of experience. So let's, as we walk into sort of uh, wrapping up the podcast, in terms of what you've learned so far, if you had to to pluck out one of your biggest learnings from from going to from a, you know, what a, a whatever it were, a three bed buy to let up to a multi-million pound development. What, what do you think are the, the, the biggest things people need to think about uh, if, if they want to grow in that direction? I think it's definitely your appetite's a risk, I think, and you've got to understand what you want to do because things can go wrong and you can lose your shirt. Um, we, we've taken on some, some, as I said before, some horrific projects in Liverpool and that, that kind of gives us, gives us the confidence to know that we can do some really bad deals. Um, not bad deals as in, um, you know, scary deals really. Um, but I think it's, I think more importantly than anything is knowing what skills you have, not trying to, you know, force yourself into situations that you can't actually deliver on. Um, but teaming up with people, leveraging, I think leverage, leverage, if I had to put it in one word, it's leveraging. And I think that's probably the key leveraging other people's money. If you need it, leveraging other people, leveraging other people's skills, and then bringing your own skills to the table as well and knowing what you can deliver. I think that's probably the biggest key because I'll, I'll be honest, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have the confidence to do this deal if I wasn't partnered up with the people I'm doing it with. You know, exactly. the builders are fantastic. They've, they've got proven track record. You know, my mate, my friend's dad, who's the developer, he's got a proven track record. I've seen his developments. I've been in them. Um, so as a team, you know, I've filled a gap. We've been able to raise the money and bring money to the table and everyone's done their part. And I think that's probably the key. It's, it's leverage, definitely. Fantastic. And I, and I think that is a really good summary, Luke, for, um, yeah, and it certainly highlights your journey because I think that is exactly what it is. You, you, you know, from the very first property, you leveraged other people, mm. you know, both in terms of, and, and I think obviously when we, whenever we talk about leverage, we immediately think of uh, loan to values or financial elements, but actually leverage is people you know it's uh, you know pe- people resource whatever that is as well so i think that's really great and, and i think it's a fantastic story luke so far and um yeah it'd be very interesting to get you back in at least around 14 months i think to see yeah, you know, things <laughs> see yeah. how things are going <laughs> don't see me back here you know it's gone bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh luke yeah just just want to say thank you again and yeah for, for anyone listening if you if you've got any value from luke's uh, story feel free to uh, to, to reach out uh, we're at the biz of property on twitter you can email us as well uh, all of that information's on the show notes and uh, yeah as as luke's talked about you know leverage and don't force yourself into situations you don't necessarily want to do if, if you don't feel like you've got the uh, the risk appetite to do multi-million pound development then don't go that route there are many uh, different routes to go and it's something simon and i will be talking about on a podcast coming to you in the very near future um, so other than that all it leaves me to do is to say thank you once again Luke and for everyone else we'll see you in the next episode thanks